came here to tell you to stay away from Betty. She doesn't want to see you anymore. Screw you. I just saw Betty yesterday. She, she was fine. No, dude, she's been wanting to break up with you for weeks. She's been agonizing over it. Welcome to River Talk. This is a Riverdale podcast where we break down episodes of Riverdale. This week we're talking about season two, episode five, When a Stranger Calls. So let's introduce the River Talkers. Hi, I'm Aditi. Um, my TV boyfriend, who, it's a hard one, but I'm going to have to go with Derek Hale from Teen Wolf. He's <laughs> a lovely Tyler Hecklin. Shocking no one. surprised <laughs> <laughs> by that. I would like to say Aditi sends me pictures of him daily. <laughs> he's he's so you cute. Get, like, you don't get 3 a.m. FaceTimes from her crying because he shaved his beard. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so sad. He shaved it. and It, oh, it was such a good look on him. By the way, Chris Evans shaved his beard, and I saw a picture of it, and I burst into tears. <laughs> we can do movie <gasps> boyfriends next week. Oh, well. <laughs> I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to tune in next week to see what Titi's movie boyfriend is. Uh, Allison? Uh, hey, y'all. I'm Allison, and my TV boyfriend, although he is now deceased, is Michael Cordero Jr. from Jane the Virgin, played by the lovely Brett Dyer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> He would be an amazing oh. boyfriend. Also, remember every 10 minutes in the Vulture Press panel when he reminded everybody that he was dead? He was like, I, he was like, yes. I can't answer this question because Michael's dead. And we were all like, no. Uh, fun fact, I interviewed him like decades ago and he was so sweet and I literally cried the whole time. And then at the end of the interview, he was just like, Halloween's coming up. What are you dressing up as? And I was like, why are you perfect? And he was just like, me and my girlfriend are going as this. What are you doing? Any fun plans for Halloween? And I was just like, things scare me, so I'm going to a Taylor Swift concert in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and he judged Wait. me so hard, but like was sweet about it. But yeah, I interviewed him when I was friends with you and you didn't let me know. Yeah, that was that's a that's a my bad. <laughs> also, why do you interview <laughs> such cool people? You make me so. Upset. I know. Oh, thanks. I I mean, I tried. <laughs> okay. But yeah, well, I'm Victoria, and my TV boyfriend is Pacey from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> uh... He's the love of my life. Because okay, wait, Aditi knows I have my childhood crush was Charlie from. The Mighty Ducks trilogy, which was Oscar snubbed in my opinion, and it is like the greatest films of all time. Like, like whenever like I'm, I wish I was kidding. Like my drunken go to is like to go to Amazon and almost buy the whole Prime trilogy, and I have to be talking. <laughs> like every time I'm drunk, I'm like, guys, you know what we need to bring into the mix? The three part DVD set, and like I always go to buy it. But anyway, I love him when he was on that. And then he grew up, and then he was on, he was Pacey on Dawson's Creek. And then he was on um, Fringe. I just love Joshua. He was so good on Fringe. I know he was great. He's great in everything. I just love him. But is Fringe not on Netflix anymore? That's a shame. It's not on Netflix. No, I I have. Yeah, I I love. I just love him. Like I love him. But yeah, he's just so perfect. And like Dawson's a whiny bitch. And like (laughs) just Pacey, always Pacey. Mm -hmm. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I'm Elizabeth and this is a real tough one but I think my TV boyfriend would have to be James Frazier from Outlander. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Sometimes I was texting you guys the other day. This is so sad. About it. I was like, I love him so much it hurts. Like, I love him so much. I just need to no place to judge. No worries. They also, I, could, I could never judge anyone. Oh, oh, he's so handsome. But also, he's just so great, and the Scottish accent, oh, it kills me. But I would have to say Nathan Scott is a close second. I was oh, choosing between same, those same, two. Same. Yeah. But not that he's, like, really like Scott. Nathan like, Scott. Oh. Lucas Scott, it's like, if I get physically uncomfortable. Like, why would you choose <laughs> Nathan? It makes Lucas no is too broody. Lucas is just, cry me a river, go write your book. Like, I can't with Lucas. Nathan is perfect. Uh, well, we will have pe plenty of broody teenagers to talk about in this episode <laughs> of Riverdale. <laughs> so, um, now we're going to rate our episode, uh, this episode, season two, episode five, from one to nine pussycat lives. One life meaning dead. It was a dead episode. And nine meaning it gave us life and we were obsessed with it. So, um, Victoria, why don't you start? Um, I would do seven and a half. I really liked it. Aditi looks very surprised. I liked it solely because of two things that I loved. I loved Betty's ringtone. And <laughs> I <laughs> loved the fact that they, like, sweet, vicious style beat him up in that hotel room. Yeah. Just, like, did Jen, Kate, and Robinson, like, write that scene and then dip? Or like, but yeah, that's why it got a high score. Those two scenes. <clears throat> Aditi, what about you? Um, I'm gonna give it a nine. <laughs> there were so many amazing things. Like, first of all, let's start off with Alice Cooper and the oh my freaking God. dress. <laughs> yeah, obsessed. Thunder, like, thunder. That's it. <laughs> I need thunder to play whenever I walk into a room. Did I listen to it when I walked everywhere today? I walked 14,000 <laughs> steps today, and I listened to Thunder exclusively during that time. Just that strutting. Is wearing a black leather coat, <laughs> strutting, listening to Thunder. It's okay. Yes. Uh, Allison, what about you? I also am going to give it a solid nine. I feel like there's a ton of like really good content in this episode. Uh, Betty Cooper and I have the same style in shoes. So about that life. And we cannot forget the cover of Out Tonight from Rent, which is just such a good musical, such a good song. I just feel like it had a lot going for it, and I think it's definitely one of the best ones yet. Yeah, um, I'm also giving it a nine. This was my favorite episode of the season, actually. I thought it was so much fun. The plot really picked up, and there was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense, but in a great way. Like I was like, this doesn't make sense, but I like it. Um, and I feel like all the characters are moving forward. So I guess we'll jump right into the episode. So the episode starts with the Black Hood calls Betty. Um, we saw the very polite beginning of this conversation last episode. But um, <laughs> then he goes into threatening her um, and telling her that she, he needs to do what she says. Um, and she only tells Archie about the conversation. So what did you guys think about her choice to like tell Archie and kind of this Betty-Archie team up in this episode? Nobody cared. 
<laughs> Everybody was well, like, this wasn't what we wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, okay. I understand why Betty would go to Archie about this. Because, like, Archie's her oldest friend and he's doing this creepy boy band stuff to be menacing. But, like, I didn't like it. Like, Archie's first instinct is, let's track him down and beat him up. Like, homie, no. I think, too, it kind of, like, even, so we all know, like, kind of where this episode goes for Bughead. And I I feel like it kind of, like, lends itself to that, too. Like, she's not wanting to go to him right away to confide in him. She's finding other avenues to kind of, like, save herself and, like, work to take down the Black Hood, essentially. I thought it was foreshadowing to what was to come. Yeah. And then Betty uh, and Archie listen in on the second call from the Black Hood, and they give that amazing article. (laughs) Uh, The Black Hood gives them the amazing article with Alice Cooper on the front, which um, they end up releasing after. I don't know if you guys caught this, but the police saying that the letters weren't a match. That was kind of a thread that was never followed up on. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. I thought it was a little bit weird. And, like, it kind of adds the sense that maybe someone's like picking up on it to get to Betty, which like please don't. <laughs> yeah. Leave her alone. Leave Betty and Lily Reinhardt alone. <laughs> Leave Lily Reinhardt alone. Though Leave I have to be. say, Lily Reinhardt was a star in this episode. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She acted her ass off this entire episode and like total MVP. Those last 10 minutes, like, I was legitimately frightened. My heart was beating so fast. (laughs) And I was like, typing, but scared. Send help. She also does this amazing thing that I also feel like she has in common with Tatiana Maslany, which is the... um, Uh, Sorry, Victoria, Victoria just passed just, like, out. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to say her name and just not expect me to start crying. But one thing that I noticed that Lily Reinhardt did that Tatiana Maslany does, which is a thing that I think really, really good actors do, and especially like young female actors, is when they do the super good restrained cry, like the cry where like they're acting and they're trying not to cry and they're crying. I sometimes feel like people oversell it a lot and she did so much acting in this episode where she was holding back tears in such a powerful way. Um, She used them sparingly but appropriately and I liked that. There's just that scene where she's talking to Archie about like having to cut Veronica out of her life and she just has that one tear that just falls as he like comes in and I was like I've never been moved more moved by one that, single tear than I was. That Chris Pine in, tear, Chris Pine yep. the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. It's too much. Um meanwhile um, oh no, what Didi, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say Josie and Reggie at that party though. Mm. Oh my god. I'm I'm <laughs> all about that. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So Meanwhile, while Betty's doing all this stuff with Archie, Jughead is rushing frat serpent. I felt like it was way more of a frat than a gang. It was like very frat-like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, not that I've ever been in a gang initiation, but I feel like I've, I've seen some fraternity initiations go down, and that's what it seemed like. So he has to take care of a dog, the house dog, and then he has to memorize some weird stuff and yell it. And then he gets bitten by a snake. And then he gets a tattoo. 
What did you guys think about this serpent initiation? Allison? When did he get a tattoo? I completely yeah, I missed this. Yeah, I blanked on the tattoo. <laughs> he got it at the end. Like, right? He showed it to... That's when him and Tony kissed, when he said... Um, she said, like, you're going to have a hard time covering up that tattoo. Like, or Betty's going to have a hard oh. time not seeing that tattoo. It's on his shoulder. I'm honestly... I was... I was freaking out about Sign of the Times point. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you can't give me Cole Sprouse and Harry Styles at the same time. It's too much. I can't listen to Sign of the Times without thinking of how that music video was made. I cannot take it seriously at all. It's just like was it's just like Harry Styles flying around the whole video, right? <laughs> and it's not even Harry, it's like a freaking cadaver. hair. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Perfect song choice by Riverdale. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, Casey Cott tweeted about it and I was like, yes. I feel you right now. <laughs> Casey Cott's amazing. Um, so anything else about Jughead and the serpents this episode? Um, I really like Tony Topaz, and I was really just not here for this Tony, like, homegirl. Jughead's not meant for you. I t- I'm mad about it, but, like, I really hope no one attacks the actress about this. Yeah. You know I hate going. that. Yeah, because I kind of always knew we were moving into that direction of, like, Tony, Ta- Tony Topaz was going to be, like, a bigger thing. My major concern, I wanted to mollywop her when she called him Juggy. I was like, what yeah. is this? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is a mollywop? <laughs> is, this, is this a Virginia thing? <laughs> it's a very southern way to say you're going to kick someone's house, essentially. I don't know if I can say ass on a podcast. No. <laughs> you mean after you just said it? <laughs> Guys, don't worry. Allison's just been drinking her champagne. That's what's happening here. I am eating tonight. I'm drinking milk and eating cookies <laughs> tonight. I cannot be more tame. <laughs> Are you still in that hotel room? Yes, yeah. So our conference is tomorrow, so I had wine with dinner, but I've just been drinking milk and cookies. I mean eating. <laughs> <laughs> You know. <laughs> um, okay. So so then um, we have this other kind of thread that happens where uh, the Black Hood tells Betty to throw Veronica out of her life, that he doesn't like sharing her. So Black Hood is one of many creepy men in this episode. Um, and then the next creepy, understatement, creepy man that we meet is Veronica's ex, I don't know what to call him, thing. Um, from New York, Nick. What was his name? Nick St. Clair. St. Clair. Yep. Um, is it Sinclair or St. Clair? Because I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so he comes into town because his parents are gonna like invest in the lodge's property or something, and then this creepy Nick throws a party um, and does some serious drug pushing on the Riverdale gang. Um, what did y'all think about that party scene? The It's called Jingle Jangle. <laughs> and all I picture is that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle what is all it? the way? Jingle all the way. <laughs> like the whole time he's like, 
it's Jingle Jangle. And I was just like, are they, like, about to, like, go watch that movie? Like, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Or the fact that it looked like it was coming out of pixie sticks. I was like, how, like, PG can we make this? (laughs) Also, please tell me that they just bought thousands of pixie sticks for this show. And the (laughs) actors have just been, like, eating tons of pixie sticks. Yeah, who just had to run to the store and was like... How many pixie sticks do you guys have? I need them. <laughs> Hunting down the pixie sticks. Also, I was shocked that, I don't know, not that I think all the Riverdale teens are so wholesome, but I was shocked that basically all he had to do was be like, no, you should do it. And everybody was like, okay. <laughs> like, and then they were like, well, oh, Betty, you're such a buzzkill. And she was like, I only said, she only said no once. Like, it wasn't. Also, every person that ever had to be a DD for their friends when they're all like out having fun, you're literally just sitting there as the DD and you're just like, why, why, why are my friends like this? Why am I here? <laughs> like her face yeah. said it all. Poor Betty. Yeah. So then we have this first initial kind of like sexual harassment by creepy Nick where like with the quid pro quo situation where he's like kind of threatening Ronnie and like telling her to like hook up with him or else his parents are not going to make the deal and then like basically she's a tease and all that stuff um I thought that was a really bold scene by the show I thought it was good like obviously not the interaction itself was good but I thought it was like I don't know realistic of how sexual harassment could look sometimes I get you guys know that I have a lot of thoughts about like sexual harassment and sexual assault on tv because of the work that i do but i thought this scene in particular was like really good about depicting how it might look and how especially his apology after and how ronnie in that moment might be able to forgive him right i'm nodding my head like you can yes, hear so my nod yeah, I, <laughs> I watched you all nod and i was like somebody <laughs> needs to say something <laughs> We're all nodding in agreement, like, yeah. Yes, 100%. No, but I really like how they treated that scene in that moment. Like, how they... Not not just a scene, but, like, that entire little arc. Like, I totally agree with you on how you can see Veronica, how she would, like... I'm blanking on words, guys. It's been a long day. But um, I did like that they brought back the whole girls supporting girls thing too yeah. because like if there's one thing Riverdale has been really exceptional with it's girls supporting girls yeah and even after Betty and Ronnie and everybody had had that big showdown the fact that they all came together for Cheryl I thought was really like important and powerful and there was no cattiness to it um, mm-hmm. and it felt really real Like, nothing about this storyline really felt, like, disingenuine. Like, I felt like it was all, like, properly placed to, like, tell this story without having to over-dramatize, like, this interaction between him and, like, Veronica or him and Cheryl. Like, I feel like it was very well done and placed without over-dramatizing, like, making it more dramatic than it needed to be for, like, effect on television. To give my... Because... You guys know I can't do it without giving some sort of criticism for the, like, the potential sexual assault scene between Cheryl and Nick. The one thing that I will say is I wasn't thrilled that basically the way that this arc played out was that they needed Betty to have someone that Betty thought was worthy of dying. Um, And they thought, Mm -hmm. okay, what's an act that makes someone 
worthy of dying and it's like assaulting someone else and I thought that in the sense that they just put that in there for that purpose I thought it was a little bit I don't know artificially created and I also as someone who wants to see different narratives on television the fact that it was a date rape drug the fact that it was a straight couple and a white woman like I would have liked to have seen they had an opportunity here if they were just using it as a plot device to show that these things can go in different ways. Um, and I would have liked to have seen them tell a different kind of story. Um, really, that's my only criticism, though, is I would have liked to have seen, I think especially with, I mean, everything, relationships, uh, dating, things about assault or things about mental health. Like, you always want to see different narratives on television. And I, like, I wish Riverdale would have pushed it and we would have seen, like, a slightly different narrative. Um, mm-hmm. But to move past that to something that I'm sure we're all sad about, then the Black Hood tells Betty that she has to break up with Jughead. Victoria, you have thoughts. Me and Aditi just collectively sighed. It was like, I, I, I feel like now, because like it's somebody we know, right? Like they kind of establish it's somebody we know. I feel like it's somebody who is linked to Jughead, because I feel like Betty is getting in the way of him being a serpent, and like now that like you know he thinks that they're done done like you know they're that he can go do his thing and she won't like be in his way and I feel like ooh what if it's um Tony I was literally just going to say that like no. as you started talking. <laughs> I think it could be. I'm saving my predictions for the end, but I think that's not a that's not a bad thing. I feel like it totally mm. could be Tony. She's tough enough. She's definitely like cunning and like scary and like I I, I could feel that vibe. And like low key, like to make like, you know, Jughead break up with like, you know, Jughead and Betty not be a thing, like she can go right in. And like I don't know, I think that she feels like she could probably if she could get Jughead to join the serpents she can maybe convince him to like join whatever it is that she's doing as the black hood and mm. yeah that's yeah because i definitely think this black hood isn't the same as the one from like the first few killings i feel mm-hmm. like there's it's manifested itself into something else much more intense than what it was before well that's i think the mm-hmm. handwriting's not matching right like is there actually a second black hood that is now just manipulating betty I'll come back to this in predictions. But something else that I wanted to add about this breakup scene was, did you guys think it was realistic to send Archie to break up? Like, do you no, think... No, that's weird. <laughs> I know. Okay. That was very high school to me in the sense that sending your friend to break up with someone or sending your friend to ask someone out. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, wow. They're like 16 years old going through all of this. And that really kind of hurt me. Like, the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Especially because the last, like, like scene we have between the two of them were that scene in Pops, which just broke your heart, like, on so many other levels because you could tell, like, being from the north side and the south side was literally tearing them apart not to be together anymore. And I just was sobbing in my hotel room alone. <laughs> I, even though I think it's true with the high schoolers thing, I think in a realistic high school setting... Jughead totally would have texted Betty, right? He Jughead, Jughead told Archie, I don't believe you. And Archie was like, call her. And then he was like, I believe you. I, did, I felt like there was no, 
I thought it, there could have been a little bit more there, or there could have been a way to do it better. Or why couldn't Betty have just sent him a text? I don't quite understand. Um, but I thought that was weird. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, maybe she wanted <laughs> to preserve as much of their relationship as she could, and so she wasn't the one doing it. She could still, like, for herself, have, like, what they had, even if she was, like, destroying their relationship. Yeah. True. That's true. I thought it was maybe, like, a saving face thing, because, like, the serpents did just come to collect Jughead for his beat down. And so, like, that's him showing that he's tough. He doesn't care. Like, it's just a girl or whatever. So I thought it was maybe that, because... Like, Jughead Jones, the he's been in love with Betty for so long. That I don't see him not taking this hard. So, then... To my personal favorite part of the episode, there's the Lodge's party. When, at first, I have to say, at first when that started, I saw Hermione's dress. She was wearing that white dress with that top knot. And I thought to myself, she is slaying, just killing. And then Alice Cooper walked in, and I lost my shit. I just loved it. (laughs) That's what they had with her with Thunder. I was like, yes. I literally screamed. (laughs) Like, out loud shrieked. I have to say they lingered on her body for a very long time because I was trying to turn it into a gif and it was so long like it was four seconds of them just like lingering (laughs) on her body you didn't see her face for six seconds Mm. they were all about that male gaze (laughs) oh my god but can I buy that necklace that (laughs) that snake necklace dude it like panned up her body and I was like, yes, legs, yes, dress. And then it came up to the necklace and I was like, everything is good. Everything is great right now. <laughs> I'm okay. Her reclaiming herself because like, look at the stuff that the Cooper women wear. It makes me so angry because like, where do you even buy those clothes? <laughs> In the 50s where the show was supposed to be placed. Mm-hmm. You know how Be- Betty has that ringtone for Lollipop as her ringtone on yes. her iPhone 8. Okay, Betty. The show is so time confused. I love it. It's like a little time capsule that opened up now and they're all just trying to cope. (laughs) They're struggling. (laughs) Betty's like, but I want to wear a poodle skirt. And everybody's like, you can't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Do you think they'll have like a 60s themed party where they all show up poodle skirts and stuff? Oh my god, didn't the Vampire Diaries do that? Because I was so into it. Yes. They did. Elena had that little puff and the ponytail, and then she stabbed someone with a stake. <laughs> that might happen on Riverdale, too. That's not totally out of the question. Somebody getting stabbed at the 60s party. So I guess the last major thing that happened in this episode, because we've already touched on the Cheryl and Nick thing, and the breakup was um, that ju- uh, Betty goes to that creepy house and puts on the black hood. Did anyone get it? Because I was so <laughs> I felt like it, they meant it to be super deep, and I just was confused. Just Allison? I just, she walked in, and they panned her feet, and I realized that we had the same booties. All significance of the rest <laughs> of the scene was just lost on me. I was like, oh my gosh, are those our shoes? Yes, those are my shoes. Oh, yep. Mm, kill it. And then I totally missed everything. <laughs> uh, Victoria, um, what did you think? I thought it was weird. Like, I don't know. I was, it was so like, I feel like it was like over dramatic, but like not in the usual Riverdale sense. Like it was just like 
turn around and like it's a mirror like Every bum, now and then I, get I feel like it's something <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it was something like a, a dumb high schooler would plan so like maybe it is totally I don't know I just thought it was weird I didn't think like I, I was just waiting for it to be more dramatic and like she heard a creak in the floorboard and like dipped real fast like I don't know I just also like one thing that just irks me in general about like shows where they're like Nancy Drewing their way through it is like have you never watched a show like this like literally <laughs> bring a friend put like I like, like put find my friends on on your phone like no, but, like, I like, I turn find my friends on if, like, I'm going to the store alone. Like, <laughs> like I will literally, like, Aditi knows if I'm going somewhere where I will be alone for more than 10 minutes, I share my location. <laughs> like, track me. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> like, they'll, like, Betty's like, oh, you know what, I'm going to go deep into the woods by myself, try on this mask, maybe meet up with the Black Hood. But, like, I won't tell anyone where I'm going. Def not going to share my location, not going to send out a last-minute tweet. Like, what? It gives me, oh, it just gives me anxiety. Guys, I live alone, and sometimes I worry that I might just die spontaneously, and nobody would come looking for me because I live alone, and it would take people a couple of days, and my dog would eat me. And <laughs> would my dog eat me? Ryan, we talk every day, so if I did not hear from you for more than 24 hours, I would come looking for you. Oh, good. Like, I would not let Lilo eat you. because She's also 10 yeah. pounds, so I don't quite know how that would work. I can Honestly. record the video of it. Maybe we should do that sometime. Right now I just record the audio, but I could record the video of it. You know, but it's for the best you don't. Yeah. <laughs> All I do is like make weird faces and change my hair seven times in the conversation. It's my too dirty to do any of that right now, but like you'll say something so like smart and like we all just nod <laughs> like <laughs> so in depth and like so good and so like you really overthought that scene and then me and Aditi and Elsa are just like just dead silence nodding <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say talking about the whole ending scene with Betty after I got off the fact that we had the same shoes I wonder if they're trying to make her like break her down essentially to have black or dark Betty manifest in like so much stronger of a way because she starts to come out like towards the end where she puts him up as like the guy that needs to be like off for his wrongdoing so I wonder if this like mental warfare that there she's being put through is her way of being broken down to really manifest into dark Betty um I just want Dark Betty always like I I literally thrive because like I love Lily and I love when she does that because like homegirl is such a good actress and like I want that range bring it give it to her Riverdale writers and like I live for when she's Dark Betty I really do love the Dark Betty would Hi, or the Dark oh, oh no, no go I was ahead scratching my nose this time I <laughs> <laughs> I just was going to say the Dark Betty wig was on her Insta story today, so I wonder if we have some Dark Betty scenes in our future. Oh. Speaking of that, how about we do some predictions? Does everyone want to give some predictions on both the Black Hood and what you think is coming? We've heard some already. Aditi? Um, okay. I don't... 
I don't know why, but that scene with um, Blackman on the phone telling Betty were like the same. I really truly thought that maybe it's Sheik. Like maybe it's her long lost brother. Not doing the actual murdering, but like scaring the crap out of her. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Allison, do you have any predictions? Um, my only prediction is I do not think this bughead breakup will last long. I somehow feel like once he realizes the Black Hood is after her, he'll come back to her. Which I just I just really want them back together. So it's going to be my prediction always and forever. <laughs> uh, Victoria? I think Archie Kins and Veronica are going to hit a rough patch. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think they're going to hit a little rough patch, and I think we're going to see Dark Betty real, real soon. Ooh, I hope so. Um, and my predictions are, I think that Jughead and Betty are going to get back together, and then she's going to find out about Tony, and then they're going to break up. <laughs> so I no. see a breakup, and then a together, I see together, and then a breakup, and then eventually by the end of the season back together. They're, jo- they're Joey and Pacey. Yeah. Um, that was my, my That was my thought. That was your thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that Jughead <laughs> Betty thing and him kissing Tony. Like, you know, when Betty finds out about that, Jughead's oh, gonna be like, "But we were on a break, <laughs> like father, like son." <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I thought about it and I was like, <gasps> "It's lit." Oh, I just got it. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that. Um... Tony or uh, Betty's dad or the Black Hood. Maybe it could be Sweet Pea. It could be Sweet Pea. I would I think he's Black stupid, Hood though. if my name was... Yeah. <laughs> he's a moron. His black eye gets bigger and smaller every scene he's in. I'm like, is it... Are you... Is he healing? I don't... <laughs> so, I guess we'll wrap this episode up. Thanks for watching... Or uh, watching... I'm losing my mind. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to River Talk. Um, where can people find you on social media if they want to check you out? Um, you can find me on Twitter at @atagirlwilly and the Insta awills011. Victoria, <laughs> um, on Twitter at Victoria Nelly um, and Aditi. I'm official Aditi on Twitter and views by Aditi on Instagram. Um, and you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Katie Beth Larson. And you should follow, follow us at River Talk Pod on Twitter. And feel free to email us or DM us thoughts or questions about the podcast and things that you thought about the last episode. Um, and am I missing something? <laughs> they all said no. They shook their head. This is why we make a video, y'all. They, can't, they don't know what's happening. Um, so, yeah.